To open this episode, I want to rebroadcast a reading by Anne Duplan of his recent new work, Black Space, on the poetics of an Afro-future. This reading took place through Harvard Bookstore's virtual event series in November of 2020, and I really feel like sharing a bit of reading from Black Space will set the tone of the conversation that I'm about to share. When I'd finished writing an early version of Black Space, a friend asked me if I had come closer to freedom. I said no, but I understood better what I needed to do to get there. I'd said this much earlier on in my gender transition. Over the course of this book, I've gone from living as a woman to living as a man. I've had to learn new social norms. As a trans man, I ask myself when to be silent and when to educate. Once, on a subway platform, a guy nearby said to me, Hey man, did you see that? A voluptuous woman had just walked by. Should I tell this guy how much it sucks to be ogled as a woman? I'd been initiated into a club I wasn't sure I wanted to be a part of. I now had the privilege to be silent, complicit. The freedom afforded to me by transition is not that I went from one identity to another, but that I went from a singular identity to the slow, meticulous destruction of identity, an endlessly morphing, changing, unreliable process. Identity is capricious. The first half year of transition, when I was painfully attached to my fledgling self-concept, I thought obsessively about my identity how well and effectively it could be crushed. Around the same time, my relationship with my family crumbled to the ground. I saw myself navigate conflict in ways that announced to me I would never be the same person again. Not only would I never be who I was before, but I would never occupy an identity in quite the same way. I survived my own annihilation. I was not the idea I put my credence into. I was somewhere else. To move toward freedom is subtractive. Less do I resonate with a piecemeal version of my self-concept made up of what I like, what I don't like, my political ideas, and the historical memory of my people. All monsters on the other side of a window. They look real. I can see them. They are frightening. They appear to be close. They can never touch me. 
the antidote to chronic loneliness isn't to seek people, it's to dig into what it means to be alone. My thoughts about the world around me are projections, each and every one. My thoughts about myself are projections onto what is ultimate reality, which has no words attached to it. Realization in itself produces a great aloneness in me. Judgment of the world around me is a way of forcing a relation where I feel the threat of the disappearance of my identity. The mind senses how tenuous identity is. If I don't keep working at it, it starts to fall apart. I don't control which pieces fall off either. I don't even know when they fall. I may just see myself differently. Why is the mind afraid to disappear, but when it disappears, there's no sign of it? Why is there fear around a process that produces serenity? I ask questions without waiting for an answer. Eventually, the questions themselves don't arise. For the past couple years, many memories from childhood and adolescence have returned. They are painful other times benign, like the memory of a street I used to walk down, or a bowling alley, an old apartment, a person I once talked to. The person I am today arises out of moments I can remember and moments I can't. It's unclear if recovering memories makes me act differently or if I'm recovering them at instances of transformation when I become able to accommodate the new information. The mind is a web. I see visual resonances, hear sonic resonances, feel how I felt before and at the same time feel about how I felt. I don't need to know. After years of bullying by my peers and abuse from my family, I got it in my head that the best way to avoid future abuse was to know all I could know about the present situation, myself, others, but most importantly, about the world in general. I studied sociology and anthropology in college, plagued by the sense of not grasping social interaction. Mind you, it doesn't make you any less socially awkward to read Irving Goffman. I resemble today from the outside the mostly well-adjusted people I loathed as a misanthropic teenager. The reasons for writing a book a desire to disseminate information, the desire to speak, a call to lyric, a cinematic urge, human minds are conditioned along many of the same wave patterns. What's inside me is much like what's inside you, what you want, where you're going. These are the qualities of a hive mind. In writing, individual qualities become less important, even how the individual embodies the collective, a kind of individuality isn't important. I'm prone to overvalue the extent to which I'm a unique person despite any, and there's copious evidence to the contrary. Who I am feels every day a little less important. I'll stop there.
For this broadcast of Broken Boxes, I get to be in conversation with Anne Duplan, who is a trans poet, curator, and artist. I first met Anne in Taos, New Mexico for Paseo Project in 2018. Both of our works were included in the project We Are All Space and Time, curated by Aaron Elder, which presented a collection of four site-responsive interactions, installations, and experiments that acknowledged the complexities of coexistence. Since our time together in Taos, we have maintained connection, and I'm so excited to share a conversation on what Anne is up to these days. For a bit more context, he is the author of a book of essays, Black Space, on the poetics of an Afro future, a full-length poetry collection, Take This Stallion, and a chapbook, Mount Carmel and the Blood of Parnassus. He has taught poetry at the University of Iowa, Columbia University, Sarah Lawrence College, and St. Joseph's College. His video works have been exhibited by Flux Factory, Data Editions, the 13th Baltic Triennial in Lithuania, Matthew Gallery, Neue House, The Paseo Project, and will be exhibited at the Institute of Contemporary Art in LA in 2021. As an independent curator, he has facilitated curatorial projects in Chicago, Boston, Santa Fe, and Reykjavik. He was a 2017 through 2019 Joint Public Programs Fellow at the Museum of Modern Art and the Studio Museum in Harlem. In 2016, he founded the Center for Afrofuturist Studies, an artist residency program for artists of color based at Iowa City's artist-run organization, Public Space One. He works as program manager at Recess. And so here is my conversation with Anne Duplan. A quick side note about the recording is that we had an ice cream truck taking up a lot of space in the middle of the call. So there's that little sound component that you may notice in which I wanted to point out so you aren't taken back by the melody because it's banging. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Anne, for being a part of the project, and I hope you all enjoy this conversation. Um, and I, it's so hard to think about like a title or something that describes what I do. Um, but I'm a poet. That's what most of my education background is in. And I'm also an arts worker. So those are maybe like the main notes, but I'm a teacher. I teach poetry. I'm a meditation teacher in training. I like to work with video art. Um, I'm a certified yoga instructor. (laughs) Um, So there's lots of different things that I do, but I I think they all could maybe be described as like creative relational practices. Yeah, that's my introduction. Uh, What kind of projects are in the in the fire for you right now? What are you excited about? Where is your mind? What are you doing? Sure, yeah. Um, so I just finished, well, last year I finished um, a book of essays, Black Space, that 
I've talked to you about before, but that was kind of thinking through, trying to think through the practices of artists that I really admire, um, specifically for how they work towards um, formulations of freedom um, individually or socially or in a like broader, um, more uh, existential realm. And I just finished a poetry manuscript like two weeks ago um, that I started kind of like right on the heels of Black Space or like kind of overlapping with it, but specifically um, thinking around like, like ekphrastic poetry, like poetry that is responding to work that's made by other people. And it's such a different experiment, I think, to try to convey something of or engage with other creative practices through prose, where it's, you know, like a kind of like descriptive, analytic, um, comparative sort of gesture. And it was so nice to get to do it through poetry because it was more around like, um, what do I feel when I read this poem by this other person or um, what memories are going through my mind when I watch this film and um, still trying to like uphold the the analytic or, you know, describing, but the aperture got to open it a lot more um, and let in a lot more of my like interior world. Um, so it's such a fun experiment. And so it, it felt nice to kind of like, finish that and I'm very much in a poetry mind space right now again after a while of not being in a poetry mind space and when you say finish it that feels like it's like complicated (laughs) for for art and poetry like what what does finishing it mean to you and like where is it going from here um finish it means that my publisher has it now (laughs) (laughs) Um, and she's read it and given me edits on it. Once I do this second round of edits, it'll go to the printer and then it'll be really out of my hands. <laughs> wow. um, so that's, yeah, it's like, I don't know, publication always feels like it happens at a pretty arbitrary moment in like the life of a work. And there's a lot of stuff in that manuscript that like I started I don't know, like six, seven years ago that I've just kind of lived with for a while and then um, went back to and tried to reimagine. So nothing really stops me from continuing to do that in the future. But I guess other people will be able to read it now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and when you say it responds to other work, like how do you contextualize that in in a like a book of poetry are you are you directly naming who you're responding to the work you're responding to or or is it more abstract like what's that process it's a it's um it's a mixture of things in an earlier draft i was like naming people like the titles were always like the name of the artist the name of the piece the year etc um and at a certain point there was something about that that felt like more cumbersome than generative and that it was restraining me to this process of like rote response you know or like one for one and part of what I was so interested in is like ekphrasis as a kind of 
love or or merging with the object or you know you look at something for so long that you start to identify with it and so there are moments when like names come up but it's more like a line that'll be like I wonder why Sean did it like this you know or something like that and we've been talking my publisher and I about like having a companion book to the book that's like you know how in books you read and there's like an acknowledgments page and it's like thanks to my teacher and my you know, having like oh just putting that all in this other book and having the other book be like all the footnotes and the notes and the acknowledgments and the names of people and the specific references and pictures so that it's not like uh it becomes like an expanded note section or like these are all the people that i am in community with and if you want to go look at that you know you can have it in this other book but the like main book is more about like a relationship and kind of not knowing exactly like what's me saying stuff and what's just being described and yeah well, yeah 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 i like that almost like uh field notes or something uh -huh. um, that's beautiful i really like that and i think it gives a lot of cred to the works of the people that you're um kind of in relationship with and without taking away from the work that you're doing mm -hmm. as an artist yourself yeah. that's really beautiful yeah i think about um like shout outs um yeah and like working the shout out like rather than just like a moment of shout out like the whole like making the whole thing the shout out or like just a shout out you know and speaking of shout outs, I want to give a shout out to the Center for Afrofuturist Studies. Yeah. <laughs> and you founded that in 2016. Can we talk about that? We can, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is actually, so May is, this May is my personal birth month, but also the fifth birthday of the CAS program. Because wow. we have, yeah, it's wild our first artist in residence came out May 2016 and we've just been like remarking on that and by remarking I just mean like being like what what the fuck <laughs> like where did five years go in this whole process amazing it, congratulations thank you I mean it's like super wild I don't think I ever imagined being like an institution maker or someone who would like have a long-term history with any institution, whether I founded it or not. But it's been so fun to think about like, what kind of institution do I want to see in the world? And how do we model our ways of working with each other after like the values that we hold? And what does what does like anarchy or horizontality look like for an institution, which is like you know, usually those things are like antithetical and the institution wants to last forever and kind of be, you know, and um, it's nice, I think, to not have like permanence necessarily be like the goal for us. So it's like, yay, our fifth birthday, but also, you know, at any point we could just be like, all right, it's done, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, more, more, uh like descriptively we haven't we're an artist residency program we haven't last year we didn't have any residencies at all and this year we're kind of going back to having artists come out so we had an artist out um last month for like the first time in a year 
which was really nice to be able to yeah it's really such a big part of what we do so it felt really strange for a year to like not do that but we did get to like grow in other ways like while we weren't doing that um but I'm glad to like reintroduce that component back to what we do yeah and it's based in Iowa City right and um it's artist run you founded it do you do you run it do you have a cohort and what kind of space are the artists invited to dream in residence there yeah 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 um so our team right now is well i should say like that the center for afro future studies is part of a larger institution called public space one which is an artist-run space and um there's also like a community print shop that you can be a member of there's like a media arts co-op that you can be a member of and like rent out cameras and stuff and we just got a bookmobile so i think you're all we'll also have like a little library that um soon which is fun and so within that the cast space is like a reading room and we have like books about like black futurity and and uh radical race theory and all these things and then ps1 itself has those two like those two spaces i mentioned the community print shop the media arts club um it has a gallery space it has artist studios it has a kitchen etc backyard and so all those spaces are available to artists when they come we had a lot of artists who like want to try printmaking for the first time when they come to the cast and so they do like some sort of printmaking project i'm the only person on our team who and we're four people who's in who's not in iowa so everyone else is in iowa um john and kelmia who run ps1 more generally that's like the director and the program director and they're also like uh romantic partners and work partners which is lovely and uh, and then there's one other person who's like our education coordinator, Delissa, who just became a doctor. I mean, not a medical doctor, but like did her, completed her PhD yesterday. Dr. Delissa. Yes, <laughs> yes, another shout out. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. So everyone else is on the ground. I'm here and I go back and forth and it's nice to feel like I can, like I'll, I meet people here in New York and like. I'm like you should come to Iowa. <laughs> so I'm like the one who goes out and like gets people um and brings them home, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah. How how did Iowa City come into your sphere and your relationship to that place? Are you from there or oh, do you have family in that space? I don't. I was just going to grad school. So I, I went to the Iowa Writers Workshop and like before I got into the workshop, I had been doing other curatorial work and like working with artists. And I don't know, like, I don't really understand like why I decided to run with this idea. But basically when I got into Iowa, I was a residency in Iceland where I was like doing this like international collaborative artist project thing. I got into Iowa, I was like, okay, I have to go to Iowa. It's Iowa. That's like, I didn't visit or anything. I was just like, cool, I'll go to Iowa. And then like immediately started uh, like imagining the Center for Afrofuture Studies, having never been to Iowa. I just wrote to John and Kalmia being like, public space one looks cool. I'm moving there. Do you want to buy a house with me? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were like, that seems cool. 
let's talk about it when you get here. And we didn't buy a house together yet, but we did start the program, which was fun. That's beautiful. And I feel like, I feel like futurism in general has been like a very, um, special space for, um, like dreaming of ways that we can dismantle like kind of toxic systems of oppression that we find ourselves in right now. Um, and I feel like a lot of that was birthed through Afrofuturist ways of of dreaming and being and visioning. And how do how do you feel as somebody who holds a lot of space in Afrofuturist studies in that way of dreaming as you see other um, other marginalized communities um, kind of un pack dreaming through futurism like how does that make you feel does it excite you does it does it cause fear or anxiety like where 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 is that for you it's it's all super exciting i mean i think that like within afrofuturism there are so many let's say like projects or approaches that like i don't have a personal vested interest in but i'm like in the same way that i think that like more scholarship on impressionism, whether it's good scholarship or bad scholarship or whatever, like, you know, that moves that field forward in a general way. It's like, I don't have to love everything being done that's being called out for futurism or, or black futurity. I'm just happy that like, there's an increasing body of work being created that allows people like a deeper engagement with Afrofuturism when they come to it. And by the same token, you know, like I, we're working with one of our, they're not exactly residents, but they might be residents, um, is a, is like a collective called MIPsters, which um, is like Muslim hipsters. Um, and they are thinking about Muslim futurism. And they were like, we would really love to have you as like consultants on this project, as we think about how to define you know, they're organizing this conference on Muslim futurism and they're gonna like welcome all these papers and they're trying to like basically like build that field from not scratch, but like um, there's a lot less scholarship around Muslim futurism than Afrofuturism. And so they're like, you know, wanting support in like building up that body of work from us. And it's so nice being in conversation with them and, and to think about like ways that the projects overlap, right? Which is like the, the the baseline of like um collective visioning you know like coming together imagining where do you want to go um taking a creative route to do that etc but like in the same way that like black american history is different from you know uh black caribbean history uh like and whatever we're imagining for the futures is like responding to what has happened in the past like there's aspects of muslim futurism and futurity that like have nothing to do with Afrofuturism and are specific to that. And so it's it's also fun to like learn about another kind of futuring or like another direction of futuring in a way that's like intersectional, obviously, and like together, but also is like there's there's difference here, you know, that we're just gonna that's just gonna maintain, that's just gonna be there always. Um yeah. That's all super exciting for me. Yeah, I feel like intersection is uh, like so important right now as we 
find ourselves kind of on top of each other, you know, um, and for me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like finding, finding ways that our, our intersections can, can empower the movements that we're creating within our very specific spaces. Um, and I just love the way you're talking about that, about like you do you and I'm going to do me, but where we can come together and like amplify. Mm -hmm feels so important and I feel like that's a, a lot of the work that I see you mm -hmm. doing throughout all the variations of your practice um and I would love for you to talk about what you do beyond um poetry. sure yeah w yeah um yeah I mean I think like w thank you for saying that um firstly and like I keep thinking in my head about this phrase creative relational practice as like a way of kind of holding all the things that I do and think about. And part of that comes from trying to decipher like where my work life balance is, you know, like what are the things I do for work and what are the things I do to uphold me? And because I'm an artist and I'm sure that you feel this as well, it's like sometimes it's like hard to tell like what's for fun and what's for work, you know? And I just reached a point where I was like, fuck it, it's all a practice. Like I'm not, there's no, there's just not gonna be a separation there. And I'd love to be able to think about the work that I do with artists or with my peers that that also like um, describes how I relate to people in like friendships and like other kinds of relationships. And so in the same way that I'm thinking about like anarchic organizational structures for the Center for Afrofuturist Studies, I also think about the idea of like relationship anarchy and um, alternate kind of like relation, like, um, you know, romantic and interpersonal relational structures. And so it's, there's no, it's like all one through line for me. Similarly, like uh, I was talking to a poetry student who I have, um, and I'm not teaching this semester, but I have, I'm thesis advising and, and so I've been meeting with my student like repeatedly about her work and 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 as she was talking to me I was like what what is this you know because it's not I think especially for poetry education like sometimes it's like I've got nuggets that I like I need you to know like this information and this information and this information but a lot of the time what I'm doing is like just being in relationship, you know, and like just, or I don't want to say just, but like not teaching in the sense of like transmitting specific information, but in like holding a particular kind of relational space. With the manuscript I mentioned, it's like, I think about like ethically how to be in response to, to work and, and to be in an actual kind of conversation that feels like it can be influenced back I'm like writing something for or with or about this particular artist and I sent them something recently and they wrote back to me to say that like they felt they weren't sure if the writing was in support or critiquing their work um wow interesting yeah and I and I I've been thinking about that for a few days it's like this very you know, and then it's like, well, I'm not sure, you know, it's like, or, or, you know, it's like, 
support or critique are two particular like existing writing, you know, it's like an exhibition review or um, like uh, a kind of like journalistic approach or even an art historical approach, you, you could kind of identify more readily like support or critique. But if we were just talking, for example, about like you and me, Ginger, and to say like, am I in support or am I in critique of you? Is like such an odd thing. You know, that's like a really strange thing. It's like, you it's know- It's very binary. It's very binary. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we're, we're in a sort of relation. And so I, I'm thinking actively right now around like, how do I make this artist feel both like safe enough that they want, cause I'm writing the piece for them. Like they, if I was writing it for me, this would be different, but it's like for that, it has to be something they want to use and have, you know? And at the same time to like, not necessarily like scratch the itch of like, is it in support or is it, you know, just to be like, what it may, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like that's another question we could ask about it. <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds like it could be something that could really like uh, make stagnant any forward movement, or it could like open up and actually like really deepen your relationship yeah. as artists right. together. Yeah. So it is, it's like a moment of pivot. Yeah. Like, where do you go with that? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm answering your question in a super meandering way, but all that to say that like, whether I'm working with an artist on like some sort of exhibition that they wanna do in the space or writing something for someone or I'm teaching or or what have you, like I'm just, we're talking to my friend, you know, it's like I'm thinking about like, what is the nature of the relation that we've entered into? What are like our shared ethics around that? what are our overlaps and differences that we want to uphold, et cetera, like kind of co-designing what that relationship is. Yeah, that's kind of how I, yeah. Yeah, it feels like um, your practice, for me specifically, just like kind of watching you grow over the years that I've known you, um, it's very much about dismantling like toxic individualism. And it feels like, you as an organizer, somebody who works in institutional type spaces, like supporting other people's work, being in relationship and a reflection to it, that is an artwork. I mean, that's something that I do with Broken Boxes as well. So that's why I always am in such admiration about the way you actually think about things like that, right? Um, so I think it's an underrated art practice in itself. Mm. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful to hear. And it feels nice to be like in community with you. Yes. Um, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. And I think that um, accompliship is something that it's an interesting term. And I think that we can do better in our languaging. But um, I think so much it's tied to like, white people supporting marginalized communities. And I think we need to remember that we can be accomplices for each other, for ourselves. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, what are some ways that you, that you call in accompliceship into your work and that you ask for support? Uh, wow, that's such a good question. Oh my God. Um, the, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that like, in the two institutions that I'm a part of, 
one here in Brooklyn recess and then the cast in Iowa City, I'm like actively working with other white people towards racial equity. And I like need them, you know, it would be a very different project to try to do both things uh, in like an all, all POC kind of space, you know, and specifically moments I think about like when it's just more helpful for like white people to talk to white people, you know, or like when I just don't feel like fucking like I'm like you, <laughs> I can't. you know, it's like this is not and then moments when it's like, okay, I really need to be the person to do this. And yeah, just moments where like, because it becomes very personal very quickly also in both institutions, you know, and and it's not just about like the work we're doing out there, but it's about like, how do we work again? Like how do our organizational relationships mirror our values? So we're also talking about like, how does race affect how we work together, you know? That's like the only way that I'm interested in an accomplice. Like I think I was reading this zine. I, I don't remember what it's called, so I'm I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> we can't remember everything. <laughs> but it was like you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't be an ally to all black people. You can just be an ally to like one black person. <laughs> like <laughs> you can't like help black, you know, it's like Black people disagree. They they want contradictory things. Like you can't, it's not, you know, you you have to like enter into a relationship with a specific human being. So like that's the only way that like an accomplice to me makes a kind of sense is like in a deeply like interpersonal. Um, like, can you talk to this person today? Cause I like don't, you know, like, <laughs> I can't talk to them, you know. <laughs> I think it's a it's a strange place that we're in when we create monoliths of each other you know yeah. we need to practice like individual communication camaraderie friendship yeah yeah definitely yeah it's very interesting and so i wanted to like kind of back up a little bit and talk about your book oh sure black space yeah I'm yeah, I'm just like I I haven't had an opportunity to purchase it and read it, but I've been like kind of like looking through what other people have talked about it and chatted about it. And I just want to know like where that birthed from, how it came to be, where you are with it. Um yeah, just Yeah, sure. Let's see. Wow. Um There's a few I had been working as a music journalist like a freelance music journalist. And so it'd been like interviewing musicians in that way. And given, you know, like a new release would come out or something, an album would come out, I'd get the press release. And my, the, the publication I was writing for would say like, do you want to do a review or do you want to do an interview? And again, this is like the support critique thing where like doing an interview and then doing a critique is kind of sticky. Like, so it's sort of like, do you, or, and then if I just do a review, I can't do an interview like ethically, you know, cause then I'm, you know, and so it's like, um, but I would always choose the interview because I'm more interested in um, like figuring out like, who is the person who made this? Like how, what mind like led to this? So I had a lot of interviews kind of built up over the years. Um, and then I also have this background in like 
like social science where I'd, I'd done interviewing in that context. And so I conceived of Black Space always as like a collection of interviews. Um, and I like love reading interviews and it's not for everyone. Like some people find it really boring to like read an interview. Um, but for me, it's like interview books and like books that are like letters that people write back and forth to each other, are, like my favorite books. Um, and sorry, this man is like trying to get his dog out of the street so that it doesn't get hit by an ice cream truck. Um, I want some ice cream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot I was on mute. I was like, <laughs> um, that's okay. They need to do their thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they got to make a living. <laughs> um, I hate ice cream trucks. Um, uh, so <laughs> I, I'm going to quote was like, you on that. <laughs> please do. Yeah. Tell everyone. I, <laughs> I love ice cream. I hate ice cream trucks. But so I think specifically, like, as I was like looking back at like the interviews I had already done, it seemed like I was constantly like kind of circling around this question of like, how does your creative practice help you? Like, why, why, why do you do it? You spend a lot of time on this. Um, and like, what are you trying to get out of this, you know, situation? And I, I started to kind of just create a framework for myself of how to like, almost start to like categorize what I was hearing, which like had to do either with like creativity as a way of like unlocking something in yourself, <laughs> the ice cream. <laughs> You're so good. You're like holding your focus. <laughs> Just so everybody knows in case I don't edit this part out, there's an ice cream truck just like taunting at right now. <laughs> I don't even think it's moving. It's actually just parked outside my window. Creativity, here we go. Creativity as a way of like unlocking something in yourself or, or like um, accessing a certain emotion or memories or, you know, kind of like very um, personal um, kind of therapeutic relationship to, to, to making work. And then there's like creativity as a way of like um, sparking or engaging with like a social movement. Um, this is like the dumb binary between like social practice artists and like the rest of it, you know, it's like, which is not actually a dumb binary because some artists who really consider themselves to like have no kind of social interest, which I find kind of problematic, but anyway, <laughs> um, but like there are these artists who like lean more so into like the social aspects of the work and are thinking about like how to create change, um, like beyond themselves, like within a certain social group. And then there's like creativity as like a kind of like spiritual vehicle um, or something that like uh, allows us to relate to like the thing that connects us or like what we share, uh, kind of like uh, impersonal um, sort of uh, experience. Um, and so I started to like have these buckets and obviously like people are doing a little bit of everything and, and lean more into like certain aspects. Um, like, uh, like the, I never, Laraji, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like very spiritual kind of musician, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's like creating 
spaces for people to like unlock, you know, kind of very deep aspects of, of like personhood and, and these things. So then I, once I had these buckets, I kind of just um, collected more interviews with, with artists and moved beyond just music and was um, talking to writers and visual artists and video artists and filmmakers um, and not always interviewing, sometimes just looking and responding. And it, and it really, I imagine Black Space is like, it's a very small book, like you can fit it like in your pocket. Um, and so I imagine it's sort of like a creative, a like self-help book almost, you know, or like, this is all of what's happened. Like, these are the options. These are how these other people approach this. And hopefully that like illuminates something for you in your own creative practice um, or allows you to like pursue an aspect of your creative practice that you maybe haven't pursued. Is it your interpretation through poetry or is it, um, do you have inter interviews and, yeah, so and it's, for, formal type of writing? It's all prose. It's not, it, there's, there's like a few poems because I was like, I can't just not have any poems. But <laughs> um, it's, it's like 98% prose. And so um, it's like essays, a mix between just essays and um the interview parts, or it's all essays, but the interview parts, not it's not like transcript. It's like um, more like uh, journalistic or something. So sometimes I quote people directly, but other times I'm kind of like paraphrasing what they're saying or, and I'm also talking about like, we were sitting in this cafe and like, it was really cute, like that kind of <laughs> So there's a little bit more of like a sense of like narrative, um, narrative to it. Hopefully you feel like you can like be in the space with, with us um yeah so that's it was hard prose is difficult I really truly am a poet like I was like sentences like how do I, <laughs> I gotta put a period <laughs> yeah complete thought like yeah that was hard um it was a good like exercise to push myself in that direction but I'm like so happy to be back to poetry yeah. yeah poetry yeah. just feels like one of the freest forms of creative processing yeah. totally yeah. yeah yeah so like yeah, yeah. <laughs> need that yeah. yeah definitely um what kind of advice do you have for young i mean you you teach poetry you teach <laughs> so i might i'm sure you have so much advice possibly I don't know like do you like yeah for like a young poet or something yeah Is that... yeah any any advice you have for anyone really like I I love the idea of sharing seeds of knowledge and sharing gifts of like wisdom that you've gathered to young yeah. people but I also feel like oftentimes people in our generation might not have gathered those skills or tools yes. or advice yeah. themselves right, right? Right. Yeah. Um, that's great. Um, thank you for asking that. I think mm -hmm. that more important than like school, because I feel like the question with poetry is always like MFA or no MFA. And the main thing that MFA was useful for for me was like being in guaranteed conversation with people all the time about poetry 
Like I could not get away from it if I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you can just create that, like if you like know a bunch of poets or you know where the poets hang out, just hang out with them, you know, like the, just like create a community of writers around you. Even if you are at an MFA, like I think sometimes that can be a very isolating experience if like the given community isn't necessarily like the one that you, that feels like it's feeding you. So definitely I think like be trying to figure out what my noun is that I want. Cause I was gonna say the ability, but it's not an ability. It's more like giving yourself permission and believing in your ability to build a community around what you're doing. And like, if it doesn't exist, like you can make it, you know? Yes. Yeah. My students get so nervous about that part where I'm like, I'm like, you should tell people what you're doing. Like next time you publish a poem, like think of like 20 people and just tell them. And they're like, what, like hot, why? what what if they don't and I'm like no just tell them just tell them like, <laughs> just tell them like <laughs> it doesn't matter you know it's just like that's how you just start just talk to people you know and then mm-hmm. things will kind of happen the conversations will just go from there so but it's like so can be so like nerve-wracking I think especially if you're like just starting out to be like why would I tell anyone that I just did this you know <laughs> yeah Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really important um, to, like, just build trust with yourself in your practice, right? Um, And what what is one of the biggest challenges that you've gone through as an artist? Mm, Wow. Um, Keyword is gone through. I made it out. out. (laughs) Um, Oh, my gosh. That's so... I, th- hmm. I think, I think what we've been talking about today, a lot of it for me revolves around how do all these many different threads come together? And, you know, the college I went to didn't have majors. Um, you kind of like, we had what was called a capital P plan. And you had like a plan committee and you would tell them like what your plan of like what, you know, and my plan, my committee was always like, what are you, like, you're taking math and like dance and like, what, and what? And, <laughs> and I'm like, it'll all, it's, it's all. <laughs> um, and all the professional advice I would get, you know, would be like, you need to focus, you need to like choose one thing. And so for a while it was like, I was very overwhelmed with everything that I had going on and it wasn't coming together there's all things I love so I didn't know what to get rid of and I like right now like black space feels to me like a symbol of like going through it where it's like they do come together they did come together Uh, and now I get to like explore the beginning of what it means for all these things to be together Um, it's like a very fresh Mm. this is like freshly gone through challenge Mm. I love that. I really love that. It's so beautiful to have to have the outcome be like almost like a survival guide of sorts. Yes. Yeah. 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 I love that too. Like um, that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, the last kind of thing I would like to invite you to do, if you'd like to, is read an excerpt of your work. Um, oh, does that sound something? Sure. I mean, if it's not interesting to you, that's fine. But I, I've been kind of like really curious to hear you read your work. Yeah, I'm. I'm super down to read it. That I'm looking around because I'm like, where is black space? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, if it's okay with you. I will read, do you want to hear Black Space or do you want, what, do you have whatever, a preference? Yeah, whatever you're interested in sharing, you know, I think we have like five or 10 minutes just to like okay. play around, so. Um. Okay, sure. I will read um, from the manuscript that I mentioned, just mm. which is called, I Need Music. Yes. When can we expect expect to receive this gift in a tangible object um in the fall sometime in the fall i don't know which month <laughs> I, won't I won't promise a month but okay 2021 fall y'all 2021 fall later this year mm. just you wait okay um so this is a section that i wrote um for sean leonardo who how to show up at the Bronx Museum and Sean, I don't know if you know his work, but he does these um, charcoal drawings that are like either like courtroom scenes from um, cases that we all know, or it'll be like, uh, but he's kind of dissecting it. So, um, you know, or it'll be like the moment right before a moment of uh, police brutality like a screenshot of that. And then it'll be like um, that particular moment is like dissected in all these different ways. So like in one version, you can only see the trees and like in another version, like you can only see the police officer in another moment you, or a version you can only see like um, like the man running or something. And it's a way of like in these, in these very small moments or in a piece of documentation of a moment like that, uh, there are still so many ways to like unpack the image um and to kind of like see yourself or not in it um anyway so this one yeah i was about to say why would one sit in a courtroom with your head in your hands i'm not sure that's totally right but we'll go with that for now i find myself suddenly wondering how i would render this here figure by i can see the black bodies chirping. Similarly, I need to delve into this particular image and grab the pieces and move them around. It's a kind of purging. I don't really mind separating the existing figures out into littler figures. The justice system acts in just the same way. Multiple police officers crowded around their capacity for pleasure the willingness to be in a sort of genre hell lovingly for some time until sense returns around a new theme, change and disengagement. There have to be limits to the creative activity, something linking me back to the activity of writing, such as the imperative to leave the hands in contact with the weapon. It's difficult to make a mental image of where we need to go as a culture. It's time, in other words, to take the next step. 
if writing poems is letting go of the aboutness of a sense of putting coherence to an image, what does it do to you that you can't possibly touch what is right? It's inherently uncomfortable to not feel where a narrative is going and uprising as it should be said is without cause or reason. Central Park and other parks around New York City have witnessed a large amount of crime, not least the crimes by police against young black men for not doing much of anything. Tell me what your credentials are, the police might ask, the kind of synthesis of order and chaos in this here meeting. In fact, I can find that exciting. There was somebody, there was somebody flippant, almost unprocessed in my words before. First, what gesture, what emotion, the psyche is ever in need of new words, gonna discover it within certain limitations, like being a churched individual, for example, that doesn't make any sense. Devotional texts really are in your head. I myself am guilty of feeling anger at black men seen to be doing not a single thing. That's why they mean limitation breeds creativity, the charcoal and multiple blacks and grays. Not only these hues come into focus, the psyche states, the roundness of it and its incorporation of most beliefs, if not all, or rather to create erasures by eliminating certain erasures. One has to believe that this lack of free play and lack of regulated play is showing up in other facets of our society. I'm angry by I did not have to cry and yet there is not a single thing else I can do. It's not a single thing else we can do. The system works this way. Why would you sit in a courtroom? I have to scroll to touch this particular image in its entirety. I don't feel as if I'm allowed to ask that question. I'll stop there. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Wow. In the in the in the publication, are you going to have imagery of the work? I think I'll have it in the other book I was describing. In the other book, yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Because it'll take up, I think it'll the image would take up too much mental space to have it like right next to it. I agree. Um, yeah, I like that. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to share that with you when it mm. comes out. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Thanks for reading. Um, yeah, thanks for asking. Yes. Um, this was such a fun conversation. It, it's like really nice to um, feel like uh, it's like it's just like helpful to hear how others are engaging with what you do and it helps be like oh yeah I'm okay I'm, I'm doing that okay cool <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah I am definitely a fangirl and <laughs> and also like really appreciate your friendship and just the way you check in and nice. yeah. be in relationship with all of us who get to know you so yeah oh that yeah. makes sense Yes. Yeah. And thanks for being a part of this project. And, and yeah, let's just, um, let's I guess, stay. stay together. We got this. Let's stay together. We got this. <laughs>